As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Praise God. Well, I won't, Lord willing, be before you too long. We're going to talk about Nehemiah. Well, we're going to be coming from Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 1 through 4. And I entitled this message, Doing a Good Work, a Great Work in the Midst of Opposition. Amen. Doing a Great Work in the Midst of Opposition. We'll read real quickly. Nehemiah chapter 6. Verse 1 through 4. We'll give you a minute to get there. If you ever get an opportunity to read the whole book of Nehemiah, it's not that long. To get the full picture, you'll need to do that. I'll try to bring it out a little bit today. But it reads as follows. It says, Now it came to pass, pay attention here, when Sanballat and Tobiah and Gisham the Arabian and the rest of our enemies heard that I had builded the wall and that there was no more breach left therein, though at the time I had not set up the doors upon the gates. It says that Sanballat and Gisham sent unto me, saying, Come! Let us meet together in some one of the villages in the plain of Oh No. But they thought to do me mischief. Boy, this guy was smart here. And I sent messengers unto them saying, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it? And come down to you. And listen to four. They don't never stop. Yet they sent unto me four times after this sort. And I answered them after the same manner. Praise God. Let me pray for a short time here. Father God, we just thank you, Lord, for this privilege and opportunity to come before your people, Lord God, and deliver a message, Lord, that you have delivered me. Now, Lord, we ask that I decrease and you increase. For it's in Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Wow, what do we see here? Let me give you a little bit of history about the, the walls of Jerusalem. The walls of Jerusalem was torn down for over a hundred years. And the city of Jerusalem was basically um, unprotected. And we had strangers coming in and doing all types of business with God's people where God told them not to do business with them. And the state of God's people was a mess. So over a hundred years, the walls were torn down. But Nehemiah, he was the cupbearer to the king of Persia. Now, anybody know what a cupbearer is? 
A cupbearer is nothing like a butler or a valet to the king. He's the right man, you know, right hand man to the king. So Nehemiah had a, a good standing with the king. Well, Nehemiah gets news one day that, hey, the walls of Jerusalem are torn down, the place is on fire, they're rubbish everywhere, and the state of the people's spirituality is bad. And Nehemiah's heart is broken. Now, you know his heart is broken because one day, Nehemiah goes before King of Exeteries, and he said, hey, what's wrong with your, what's wrong with you? He saw that he was sad. And then Nehemiah said, my people are in distress. The walls are broken down. There's breaches in the city of Jerusalem. And the king really loved Nehemiah and then asked him, what can he do? Now this, this is amazing. I don't know if you guys ever get this, but if you read in the Old Testament time, many a time, you know, God has his people right, they're in a servant role, but they're right in the place to be elevated. And the Bible says the king, the heart of the king is what? In the Lord's hand. So, King Xerxes loves Nehemiah and asks him, what can he do? Nehemiah First thing he did was, what do you think he did? The first thing Nehemiah did is prayed. That's what I want you to get today. If you don't get anything today, Nehemiah prayed before the Lord about his sins. And then he prayed about his, the sins of the people. He went into intercessory prayer. He went into intercessory prayer. So Nehemiah prayed and got a vision that the Lord wanted him to go and rebuild these walls. And then Nehemiah goes before the king and says, I know what you can do. Give me two letters that I may pass through because there was a lot of different territories there. But if you had the letter from the king, you could get by. They see your letter, you can get by. Hey, I, hey I'm covered here. I'm with the king here. Let me by here. So Nehemiah was able to go through. But also, he gave him another letter to the, to the person that kept the forest. All the trees. So, in other words, the king said, hey, Nehemiah, get all the trees you want to re-fortify that wall. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Nehemiah ain't have a dime. He ain't had to go do no big raising funds and raising money. Whenever God wants you to do something, He will provide. Amen. I want you to know that right there. You don't have to do no fundraising. You don't have to do all this hoopla and hoopla and dancing and all this stuff. Whenever God wants you to do a work, He equips you to do it. Nehemiah had all the wood from the forest of Lebanon. That's pretty good. That's some good wood up there from what I hear. We talked about that before. But Nehemiah had an open letter. He could go anywhere in the territory he wanted. And then he can get all the wood that he wanted. So Nehemiah was ready to roll. He's already, he sought the Lord. The Lord said, alright Nehemiah, I want you to go and rebuild the wall. Fortify this city. Because there was a lot of stuff going on in the city. Even the nobles of the city was um, taking usury against the people. A lot of the people lost their homes, lost their lands. And the spirituality of Jerusalem was in turmoil. 
They were um, interacting with strangers, which brought weird customs in. A whole bunch of stuff was going on. But what I want you to know is that when Nehemiah got the news about Jerusalem, he prayed, the Lord gave him direction, then he got permission from the king. All this took place in four months. Nehemiah prayed for a solid four months before attempting to build a wall. I don't, I don't think you got that. I'll say that again. Nehemiah prayed for four months before he left to go to build a wall. I'm here to tell you that any great work for the Lord begins with prayer. Prayer does not empower you, but it prepares you for what's ahead. It prepares you for what's ahead. It lets you know that you cannot do it in your natural strength. It lets you know that you need a supernatural power to come down and equip you to take on a supernatural task. I don't know if you understand that if the walls was in ruin for 100 years, what it was going to take to restore. Matter of fact, the people said it was impossible. It was crazy. But Nehemiah, he knew that the task was going to be great. He knew that he was going to come against opposition. Prayer prepared him for what lies ahead. I'm telling you, whenever I'm going through trials and tribulation in my life, I pray. Because it keeps me focused on what's ahead. It keeps me focused on what's ahead. So like I told you, Nehemiah prayed for four months before he left. Now, Nehemiah had a vision. Seeing this wall rebuilt. If you never have a vision in life, you're not going anywhere. You're not going to do anything great. Matter of fact, the Bible said my people perish because what? Lack of knowledge. And where there's no vision, you have no purpose. God wants you to have that vision so you can work towards it. Nehemiah had this vision of the wall being rebuilt. Nehemiah, when he first gets to the city, he went by himself and looked at what's all was in charge, what's all had to be done. Nobody was with him but him and the Lord. Nehemiah looked there. I don't know if he thought it was worse than he imagined, but when he got there, he said, "Wow, this is a lot of work." And he then went to himself and prayed again. Then one thing I like about Nehemiah, he then gathered, gathered the leaders of that city at that day of Jerusalem and told them, all right, hey, this is what we're going to do. I don't know, this has kind of got to be strange here. you got this outside guy, you've been living around in this filth for all this long, and you got this new guy coming to town and say, hey, here's what we're going to do. So they all listened and they jumped on board and said, hey, we're going to do it. We're going to build this wall. So he started breaking Exactly. He said, start cleaning. The first thing they did, they started cleaning up the rubble. All over the place. So the place started to look clean. Then they started rebuilding, you know, starting building the walls. How many gates were there? Anybody know? Twelve. Twelve gates. That's right. And that is a sermon in itself. You can preach on that for twelve weeks. But each gate was significant. And Nehemiah starts to build the wall. But then, when Nehemiah starts to build the wall, 
their discouragement comes in. Discouragement, here's, here's what um, starts to happen. The people say, hey, this work is too great for us. We cannot do it. But Nehemiah reaffirms them, to them that, hey, we can do it. And then Nehemiah continues to pray when he's faced with these oppositions. But Nehemiah had discernment. He knew that the leaders weren't doing right. So like I said, he called the leaders together and said, hey, you've been taking money from God's people, which was a sin. Jews could not tax Jews or put usury on them. In other words, interest. And they've been doing that, taking the people land. Taking, and Nehemiah put a stop to it. And don't you know these low nobles were lazy when the work went on, they didn't want to help? They like to give direction. Hey, you can do this, you can do that. But when the work came time to work, they were nowhere to be found. Sitting on their high seats. I tell you, I, I, it gets on my nerve when I go to a church and I see the pastor sitting up there on the thing and just looking out. Looking out. I like a church, a pastor that comes from the congregation, gets up and speaks. Hey, let them know, hey, I'm with, one, I'm with you. I'm not above you, I'm with you. I am your servant. But these nobles were lazy. The Bible said they were lazy. They, they didn't do anything. And Nehemiah pretty much gets them straight there. But then, like I say, he starts to face opposition. Now these are the opposition that Nehemiah faced. Let me name them for you. First, he faced ridicule, ridicule and scoffing. That means they were laughing at him. Matter of fact, Sanbaya and Tobiah said, hey, if a fox come up and blow against the wall, the stone walls, it'll fall down. So they were laughing at him. What was Nehemiah's response? We're going to pray. We're going to continue to pray to the Lord. So then, they see that Nehemiah was halfway done with building the wall. Then they get mad. Then that, that's what we read. They sit down and say, hey, let's come together and meet in the plain of oh no. Well, Nehemiah had discernment. And if whenever you're going to meet in the plains of oh no, you should just say no. <laughs> he, Nehemiah said no. He said, I am doing a great work. Why should I leave this work to come down to you? Nehemiah was basically saying, I'm working here, won't you come up to me? They wanted to meet with this man so bad. Think about this for a second. They know that he's rebuilding a wall. He's fortifying the city. Why is he going to stop and come to you? If you wanted to talk to me so much, come up here and help me with the work. Amen. They didn't want to do that. So that let them right, you know that they weren't ready. They weren't right. They wanted to kill them. Whenever you're trying to do God's work, let me tell you folks, Satan wants to kill you. And if he can't kill you, he'll try to kill somebody else that's close to you. I don't know if you understand that Nehemiah building these walls just won't about a physical walls and stopping the breaches from coming in. It was a spiritual wall. If you missed that, you missed it all. Think about in your life how many walls you had set up where Satan come, he couldn't get in. You, you had it secure over there. But now as life went on, time went on, things went on, your walls are torn down. 
The things that you wouldn't say no to, now you're saying, oh well. The things that you say was evil, now you're saying, oh, I don't know now. Maybe we can be tolerant of this. I'm changing my view now. If it was wrong a few years ago when you had your walls, spiritual walls built, why is it okay now? Your walls have been torn down. Secure your walls. Satan cannot take your salvation, but he can take your testimony. He can take your, 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 your name and just destroy it. And remember, if you call yourself a Christ, you, uh, a Christian, you represent Christ. Your walls have to be certified and fortified and protected that you're doing things right in the sight of the world, but most importantly, in the sight of God. So we see that Sambiah and Tobiah got very mad and they wanted to kill Nehemiah. But Nehemiah had discernment. Discernment is so important. Let me tell you, this is why so many Christians live a mediocre life and a defeated life. They have no spiritual discernment. Get into God's word. It'll tell you what you need to do. Nehemiah knew that these guys weren't right. Because if they were right, they would have came up to the word. They want him to come to them. Discernment. Here, here's what, discernment is the ability to judge matters according to God's view of them. And not according to an outward appearance. And he, his, he didn't have the power to discern both good and evil. Get to know God's word. It says, Thy word have I hidden thy heart, that I might not sin against you. Discernment comes through spiritual maturity. We can't be a babe all our lives. We have to start, the Bible says, ever learning and never coming to the knowledge of the truth. Whenever you have spiritually matured, you're able to take God's word and take it through his, through his will and say, alright, hey, this is what God wants me to do. Now, when something's different, if it's knocking up against that, it's wrong. It's pretty simple. And lastly, discernment it can also be a gift. God gives spiritual discernment. He says, seek him and he will give you those things that you need. So they laughed at Nehemiah. Say he's trying to build these walls. It's been torn down for her. Yeah, they laughed at him. Then when he, the work is almost done, they'd be saying, hey, we're going to come up with you with armies. We're going to come up with you with armies and tear that wall down. So these guys got some surrounding enemies that say, hey, we're coming up against you. What was, so they tried to strike fear into God's people. God people cannot function with fear. Fear overrides faith. Matter of fact, I remember when those guys was, it was a 300 things about to go. And then they, they took some water. These, y'all remember what I'm talking about? And then he said, hey, those ones that lap differently, let them go. Because they were scared. They were looking. Whenever we do a work for the Lord, we cannot be scared. I tell you, we're some of the easiest, some of the softest Christians today. Can you imagine putting us back there in those times where these guys had to fight the weather, travel here and there? We try to come out on Saturday. We, we sit in a nice car with air conditioning. We can't even do that. The 
these guys had to travel on a boat, shipwreck. They had to go miles around to preach about Jesus. These people believed in Jesus. Do we believe in Jesus? Do you believe that you carry the words of life? If it does, it will make a difference. But anyway, they tried to strike fear into into the people. What was Nehemiah's response? Let's turn there. I like that. I want, let's turn to here. Let's, what was Nehemiah's response when they tried to set fear into God's people? Let's, let's take that real quick here. I'm going to turn to it. When they tried to strike fear into God's people. Turn to Nehemiah chapter 4. And we're going to read 79. And I want you to get this. Nehemiah chapter 4. And we're going to read verse 7 to 9. Listen to this. But it came to pass that when Sanballat and Tobiah and the Arabians and the Ammonites and the Ashdods heard that the walls of Jerusalem were made up and that the breaches began to be stopped, then they were very wroth. That means they were mad, they were steaming, and conspired all of them together to come and to fight against Jerusalem. And guess what? To what? Hinder it. But watch this. I like this word. Whenever you see this word in the Bible, get ready, something about to happen. Nevertheless, what did we do? We made our prayer unto God and set watch against them night and day because of them. Goodness gracious, you better get that. Alright, you coming? We're going to go to the Lord who is our protector. And we're going to tell him, Lord God, they're coming and we don't know what they're going to do, but we want you to protect us. But he set up a watch. Somebody just simply would have prayed and said, alright, the Lord's going to handle us. I guarantee you they would have did that. They would have came up to the city and took it. The people saw that, hey, Nehemiah prayed. They couldn't see that. But then they started, he set up a watch. I guarantee you they had spies coming out. Oh, man, they setting up watching every gate. They got somebody up there watching. They got a trumpet ready. They, hey, they ready for us. We can't just go in there like we don't know what we're doing. They said, hey, he done prayed to God. This man's doing a great work. We see the movement. Nothing happening. And then he is prepared for attack. The enemy knew that this joker was connected to the Lord and that he was plugged in and that he was prepared for what's going to happen. You know, God told the children of Israel, hey, the land is yours. Go possess it. They just weren't going to walk in there and just the people's going to bow down and give it to them. God, whatever God has for you, you have to fight for it. But know that it's already yours and know that you got to rely on him to give it to you. If you say it's yours, fight for it. Fight for it. Well, I tell you, you know, the the, the children didn't think they were just going to go it. Matter of fact, he's sitting out two spies, Joshua and Caleb, and said, and 12, he's sitting out 12 spies, but only two came back. See, whenever you're doing a work from the Lord, even internally, you're going to have those that's trying to hinder the work because they can't see the vision. They're scared of the task. They know it's great. They know that they can't do it. But when you believe and are connected to God, you know that you can do great and mighty things which you know not. He'll show it to you. 
So those two spies came back and said, hey, yeah, those guys are big. We're like grasshoppers to them. But you know what? We got the Lord on our side. The Lord gave it to us and we can take them. Joshua and Caleb said, hey, we can take them. They are big. I'm not going to lie to you. But we can take them. And he, they were saying, not us in our strength, but God is on our side. I want you to know that Nehemiah faced tons of opposition. He faced ridicule, scoffing, wrath, discouragement, fear. But in all of these things, at every response, if you read, Nehemiah always sought the Lord first. Matter of fact, the Bible says, um, in all thy ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. Nehemiah just wasn't a practical prayer, but he showed action. He heard that the people was going to come against him to stop this great work. But then he prayed to the Lord, got the people together, say, all right, they're coming. But we, we're going to pray and then we're going to set up watch. So whenever God told you to do something, you have to go get it. Everybody praying, I want a job, but ain't went out looking for a job. They ain't put an application in, ain't got a resume. How are you going to get a job? They say, the Lord said he's going to provide. you got to go possess it. Amen. The walls of Jerusalem just weren't going to be built. God could have snapped his finger and built it around, but he wanted the people to appreciate doing the work. He wanted to let them know that, hey, working together, things happen. And then after, after the walls are built, the walls took 52 days to build. That's a miracle. <laughs> I'm telling you, 52 days. I'm, it took that long to clear a rubble out, I think. How in the world they built in 52 days, nobody knows to this day. But we only know that God was in it. And the Bible said, if you look at this verse here, Nehemiah chapter 4 verse 6 it says the people had a mind to work good Lord what focus if you have a mind to work I'm going to end with this real quick Nehemiah prayed 4 months the wall took 52 days he doubled he prayed twice as long than the work took he prayed for 4 months and the wall only took 52 days 2 months is about 60 days <laughs> so he prayed longer because he had to prepare for what was ahead. If he believed this work was great, if you believe what you are doing for Christ is great, you know Satan is going to come against you. You know that opposition from around you is going to come against you. You know even internally from your flesh opposition is going to come. He had to prepare for the battle. Prayer prepares you for what lies in head. Because it's coming. Because the Bible says anyone that will do good know this, that evil is always present. That's not to scare us. That lets to know that we're doing something right. Prayer will prepare us to do what's right. So I want to end with this today. I want to encourage you. If you're doing something great from the Lord, don't come down. I remember when Jesus Christ was stretched high and wide. And they said, if you be the Son of God, come down. But he didn't come down. He had to finish his work. They tried to coerce them off the cross. Come on down. If you come down now, we'll believe you. But he stayed on the cross. He knew his purpose. 
I don't know if you know about that, but the night before, he was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he prayed such vibrant prayers, blood dropped from, sweats of blood dropped from him. Because he knew he would have to then die for the world. But he already knew. He had a purpose. He said, not my will, but your will be done. And this is what Nehemiah said when he's prepared. He said, Lord, send me and I'll do the work. Are you willing to do the work at all costs for Christ? I'm telling you, after those walls rebuilt, if you read it, the scribes read the word of God. The people stood up as they read the word. The spirituality of Jerusalem was fortified. And then they got to the place where God wanted them to be. Prayer prepares us for what lies ahead. Nehemiah prayed double before he even went to the work. Be prepared to go into battle for the Lord. And the Lord will be right there by your side. God bless. That's it. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.